Hi everyone, and welcome to Making It Count with Christina and Will, where we explore real ways to make your hard-earned money count today and every day. No matter your financial goals, we want to offer practical tips and insider tricks to help you accomplish them. Along the way, we'll learn from our local financial experts, answer listener-submitted questions, and share our own money experiences. So together, let's make make it it count. count. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Making It Count. Today is our second episode for our Money Plus Love mini-series, and we're diving into the topic that we're both pretty familiar with, weddings. That's right, and we've got some really special guests to share their experiences and advice with us today. I read that an average wedding in the United States in 2019 cost about $33,900, and the average honeymoon is $5,000. That number just makes it clear why we need to budget for a wedding. That is a lot of money. I know. So, Christina, did you create a budget when you were planning your wedding? What do you think, Will? I feel like everything was line item. (laughs) Of course I made a budget. I made a budget. I had a wedding binder. I had a Pinterest board. I had all of those things. And we we were pretty close on budget. We were paying for it ourselves. So we really had to make sure that we nickel and dimed everything. How about you? So I had a very general idea of what I could spend. And I did have like a Pinterest board. So I, I did have like some rough planning. And I did add up the expenses. I did add up what everything was costing us overall. But I didn't have like a number going in like this is what I want to spend. So I wasn't the best at that. But we still didn't spend more than I wanted to. So that's ended good. Up good. Yeah. See, we both made it to the goal that we set for yeah, each other. <laughs> but people should go your route, not mine. <laughs> Well, let's introduce our resident married couple. Returning today from Addition Financial, we have our married couple, Katie and Jordan. Could you two introduce yourselves, please? Sure. Hi, Christina and Will. My name is Katie George, and I work at Addition Financial as a senior relationship manager. I've been with that credit union for just over seven years, and I am married to my husband and co-worker, Jordan. Hey, that's me. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for having us back again. Good morning, Will, Christina, all of our listeners. My name is Jordan George. I'm our Director of Human Resources here at Addition Financial, and I am married to Katie. I just like saying husband now. Aww. Aww. That never gets old, by the way. It's always so sweet. Well, we are so happy to have you guys. Joining Katie and Jordan are Kayla and Aaron from the Frugal Twins. Hi, guys. Can you please introduce yourselves? Hi, absolutely. I'll get started. I'm Kayla, one half of the Frugal Twins. So I am married to my husband, Matt. We live in the Midwest with our two kids. And let's see here. We got married, oh, almost seven years ago now and um, have really, over the last year, enjoyed discovering a newfound passion for puzzles and board games together. Oh, And I am Erin, so I'm the second half of Frugal Twins. I have been married to my husband, Cody, since 2013. You know, married life is a lot of fun. And, you know, in some ways it really flies by. It feels like it was just yesterday. We also have two kids, two boys, and our life is crazy and our house is always a mess and we have a lot of fun. (laughs) 
feel you, Aaron. Totally feel you on that. Well, we're so happy to have the four of you here with us today. Our topic, as we mentioned before, is creating and sticking to a wedding budget. So we're really excited to hear what you guys have to say about helping our listeners with that topic. But first, we would love to know what your experiences were with planning your own weddings. So Kayla, I'm going to start with you. So I I planned my own wedding about seven years ago now. And back at that time, we were in our early 20s and we really, really didn't have much money. We ended up having our wedding for just under $7,000 and that included the honeymoon. And at the time, we had no idea what we were doing. We didn't have a budget. We just simply didn't have money. And so for us, that really drove a lot of the decisions we made. We didn't really look for anything of quality, but we really found a passion for finding things on as cheap of a budget as possible for for our very large guest list. So we had our own different experience, of course, but for us, it was really a chance to get to learn all about what budgeting looked like because that was really our first opportunity as a couple to even really think about what expenses might be, what things might cost, and that sort of thing. So for us, that is our story with budgeting for our wedding. All right, Erin, what about you? How was your wedding planning process? Yeah, the wedding planning process for my husband and I, it was similar to Kayla's experience in the fact that we were still pretty young. In fact, when we got engaged, we were still in college. And so for us, a big piece was, um, you know, neither of us had full-time jobs, Neither of us had any idea what we were doing as most people who are getting married for the first time. And so it was a lot of research and a lot of discovering just how expensive weddings can be. So we were, we were certainly on a budget without following one strictly, but we were trying to prioritize between what was most important and worth splurging a little bit on. And then what was um, maybe areas that we could cut a little bit. So it was a balancing act and it was a collaboration. And similar to what Kayla said, it's it was very much a, a good taste for us to realize how to collaborate and work a budget and learn how to work our money together. Katie Jordan, you guys just got married. So it's it's feeling a little fresh, I would imagine. What was your experience like? I, I Did Katie do 100% of everything? And Jordan, you kicked back and were like a great fiance? Or, or <laughs> how did the dynamic work between the two of you? Well, I'll start by saying we definitely spent more than $7,000. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a little jealous of that. Uh, That's from, really incredible. From Kayla's experience. But the, a lot of the planning, the initial like planning and discussion was both of us, but I got to hand it to Katie. She is the one that made it happen. Like we may not have gotten married if it wasn't for Katie getting the work done, boots on the ground, making the phone calls, the emails. Honestly, I tried to keep up, but there was just so much back and forth communication. I was like, I don't know how many times we've talked to these people. I feel like they're asking for the same list six times. Like our DJ, first of all, all of our vendors were fantastic. So if any of them are listening, we love you guys and you made our lives amazing. But the planning part of it was rough. And I feel like we got the same requests over and over and over and over and over again. So Katie gets all the credit for keeping those straight in her head and uh, ensuring that everything went smoothly. One thing that I made sure I budgeted for, and it was probably my very first deposit, was I got a wedding planner. 
So that planner kicked in three months before the wedding. We met with her pretty much weekly leading up to the wedding. And she helped me keep all my ducks in a row. But, you know, even still, the amount of emails that go back and forth is so crazy. But the wedding planner was probably some of the best money spent. It was something. And we actually kept our wedding relatively small compared to how big it could have been. And it was still quite the process. But at the end of it all, I looked at Jordan and said, let's do it again. That was so fun. Even, even if, you know, maybe I was in tears the week before saying, I hate the organ. I looked at him at the end of that day and said, let's do this again. This was fun. And I looked to her at the end of the honeymoon and said, let's do that again. Because that was much easier to plan and a lot more fun. But no, it was a great experience. And yeah, again, kudos to Katie. All right. So let's dive right in with our questions. Let's start with a big one. And I'm going to go to Jordan for this one, because we were just talking about this. But how much should people spend for their weddings? And how do they know? How do they determine that amount? Yeah. So as you've heard already today on this podcast, there's a huge range in uh, what people want to do, can afford, are wanting to commit to in terms of the overall cost of a wedding. So I don't think there's a one size fits all answer. It's really going to depend on the couple, their incomes, their savings, what they have going on in their life, if they're getting any assistance from families, things like that. So there's a lot of different factors to consider. And I think too, it's a matter of priorities. So for some couples, it's more important to have money for a down payment on a house than it is to have a big fancy wedding. So they're willing to compromise. And then for others, and I know some people like this, you know, a big celebration is something that they've been looking for their entire lives uh, and they're willing to sacrifice to have it. So I think it really is up to those, those two individuals to decide what an appropriate amount is for their wedding. Kayla, what's the best way that someone can start a wedding budget? You know, that's such a great question. I I think there's a few things to consider when you're trying to think about a budget. I know for myself, we never really tracked our expenses till the end, but there's a few things that looking back, we could have done to make it a lot more successful. I think if we had started with our priorities, I think You know, you might have your heart set on a particular venue or some particular DJ, let's say. And if that's the case, plan your wedding around that thing, that thing that you have your heart set on. So again, starting with those priorities. I also think focusing on them is really a must from then on out. You can really figure out where else you're willing to compromise and have that conversation with your significant other. You know, some people might want more high-end food. Other people might be willing to do a, a backyard type of venue in someone's backyard to save some money. You really want to also think about breaking your wedding down into smaller categories. This is something I do every day with a lot of decisions I make, but planning a wedding can be so overwhelming. So thinking about what you should include and And that there's so much more included than what a lot of people think of. What I had actually done is I went on Pinterest and Google to see, okay, what are all of the expenses I should be thinking about? Including things like the engagement ring, the dress and tux, catering, uh, the drinks, the food, any of those things, the honeymoon, all of those things play into what should go into your budget. So again, thinking about priorities and then really trying to figure out what really should be involved in your budget. I think that's a really good point. 
I know when Zach and I were planning our wedding, we started off with one main priority, which was we wanted an intimate small wedding and the the guest list. It wasn't even about the size of the guest list or like how small or how many people were going to be there. It was like who was going to be there was so important because I didn't want a single person there that we both didn't know exceptionally well and that we could actually like see and and remember on that day. Like that was the whole point. So yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with the priorities. So I'm going to go to Katie on this one. When you're making purchases for your wedding, what are some ways to save money? You're probably asking the wrong person <laughs> that question, Will. Uh, I will take this question. Thank you, Will. So some ways to save, and I, Jordan and I actually did this. We put most of our wedding expenses on one of our good rewards credit cards because that way we knew when it was time to book the hotel for the honeymoon, we would essentially be able to get that hotel on with those rewards or points on the credit card. So, and you know, the thing that I think it was the biggest shock to me was there, if you're taking, you know, nine months, a year to plan your wedding, you'll put the deposits down up front in the beginning. And then right at the end, you get hit with the rest. And so, and there were some, even though I did a great job keeping track of everything and keeping us in budget, at the end, there were some that came through that we were like, oh, ooh, we kind of forgot about that one. And so keeping everything on a spreadsheet and designating if you've paid it yet or what you still owe and sort of breaking it down that way was really important. And then taking into consideration and over sort of inflating the number in your budget because there are always going to be those extra things that pop up or that you didn't anticipate being as expensive. Like my wedding dress alterations were way more expensive than I anticipated. Fortunately, I my grandma stepped in and paid for that for me. That was her gift to me, which was very kind. But we didn't anticipate some of those things. The other sneaky thing, postage. That oh, yes. oh, postage, yeah. So, you know, using the reward card, credit card, and And remember postage for your thank you cards as well. Yes. That's another thing to remember. Yep. And it's usually more postage because it's a thicker envelope. Yeah, that's a good one, postage. The people at the grocery store got so sick of me <laughs> buying them out of postage. <laughs> They're like, we have three books per register. How many would you need? And I started to count the registers. I'm like, all of them. <laughs> all, go ahead and give them all of them. Because it is. It's a lot going out and a lot when you're doing the thank yous. Too. I remember like, well, Zach so. was like, why are you going to the post office? I, I was like, I need the wedding stamps. I don't want the normal stamps. I need the wedding stamps. You don't the want the American stamps. flag I need, stamps? No, I had to have the wedding stamps. <laughs> so you were the opposite of me. I just went to the grocery yeah. store and I was like, whatever you got, I'll take it. Just give me something as long as it gets it there. Puppy right? dogs. <laughs> all right. So speaking of wedding budget... Aaron, this question is for you. How big of an impact does the guest list make on your wedding budget? Yeah, your guest list can have a huge impact on the overall wedding budget. It can be really difficult eliminating some people from the list once you've already added them. So, you know, you've got you've got some extended family, you have potentially your parents or grandparents that have friends and the guest list can go really large really quickly. So um, one of the easiest ways with the guest list to really keep it in check is to potentially create a more preliminary list. What my husband and I actually did was we created a really, really large list, which is maybe the wrong way to go about it. But we started with a really, really large list. And then from there started paring down and thinking about what number we really wanted. 
It's also a really, really good idea, though, to take a look at the venues. And once you've set on a venue, it's it's a good idea to take another look at your guest list. You know, you potentially may have picked a venue that was a bit too small for the list that you're looking at. And so looking at those areas where you may need to make cuts, which again, can be incredibly difficult. But what you can remember as well is if you are paying for your wedding, then it's important that you are staying within budget. And many people on your extended list will understand if you are unable to invite them. They understand as well that weddings can get expensive and they can blow the budget really, really quickly. So if it means you have to cut people, then they will understand as well. It's your money and you get to decide how you want to spend that. If you have the budget for a large wedding and a huge guest list of, you know, thousands of people, then by all means, go ahead and do that. But most of us really don't have that option. So if you have to pare down and make it fit within your venue and your budget, then that's really the best way to go about it because guest lists can impact everything from your food to reception space to all other sorts of things. So it's really, really important to make sure you keep that guest list in check, even if it is difficult to do so. Yeah. Well, I was similar to you. Like I wanted to know everyone at the wedding. Like I didn't want my parents to invite their friends that I had only met before. They have only seen my picture. Like that was important to me. Keeping it smaller. We only had about 65 people at our wedding. And again, like Aaron was saying, we had to pare it down because we were paying for it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's out of like a desire to try and enjoy the evening, but it's also like budget wise. We also did a destination wedding, if you if I could even call it. I mean, it was in Charleston, so I would consider that. But we went purposely out of state to also kind of like only the people who really want to be there are going to travel away for your wedding. So it kind of makes it automatically a little easier to make that choice. So let's go back to Jordan, because Jordan, you seem to be the one who's like really good on the budget (laughs) side. (laughs) I think we learned that in episode one. How rigid should it be? Because I'm I'm assuming, as Katie said, that there were some exceptions made. There were some exceptions made. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, we started talking about the budget and kind of what our target was all along. But as we've talked about in the previous episode, it really came down to what our goals were. And we knew that there were certain things that we just had to accommodate for. So the number of people, for example, you know, it was important, even though we had a relatively small wedding that we budgeted enough to have, you know, everybody that we wanted to be there could be there kind of a thing. In addition to that, we were looking at, you know, where do we prioritize spending as it relates to food or flowers or, uh, you know, decor and things like that. And so we kind of worked it in a way that we had kind of a range of flexibility that we were comfortable within. So we weren't super, super, super rigid to it. But again, that's going to come down to you and your spouse and what your potential situation is. If you have an influx of money that's coming in from your future in-laws and maybe they offered a the bill, you want to take advantage of that. But that doesn't mean that you should just skyrocket your spending uh, because you've got some outside assistance. You want to be reasonable about it. You know, you might allocate $3,000 for a wedding dress and then find a beautiful vintage dress for $300. That did not happen in our situation, but it is a thing I'm told could happen. You know, you could decide to have a wedding that's less expensive overall and then take whatever extra money that you save and put it into a honeymoon, for example, which is is kind of what we ended up doing with a lot of the left, not leftover money from the wedding budget. I was going to say, wow, you had leftover money? 
There was no, very little not. money left over from the wedding budget, but you know, we took the gifts that we got. Some people will use that money to reimburse some of their wedding expenses. We put that towards the honeymoon so that we weren't putting an additional expense on top of the wedding itself. So I would say be at least somewhat flexible and understand that, like Katie said, you're, you know, the quotes are going to range perhaps widely. Uh, what's going to be important to you is going to vary over time. The wedding planning process can be very long and what was important to you in the beginning may not be as important as you get closer to the wedding. So give yourself some flexibility so that you're not stressing about it. Uh, that was one of our big things was we didn't want to go into the wedding being stressed out. It's not a great way to start that fun time in your life. I like the idea of like switching out, like I'm going to sacrifice this so that I can have this. Mm -hmm. We did that with our venue, which was not a sacrifice at all. I should say we had our wedding at my sister-in-law's house and she has a gorgeous home and they were incredibly welcoming. And it was like a godsend because then, you know, you're not paying that. I don't even know how much venues cost. Cause I looked at one venue and I was like, I literally walked away and was like, I'm never getting married. We're going to the courthouse. That's all there is. I can't pay. Like, and it was just to have the space. There was nothing. It was like, they wanted like $10,000. And I was like, no, that's, that's not, that's more than my entire budget. Like we're not doing that. So we kind of had the opposite experience where we went kind of big on the venue, but it allowed us to go small and everything else. Like we didn't have to get a lot of decor because the space was naturally really pretty. So again, it's prioritization. And I like the idea, like you said, of, you know, selecting, you know, one thing and maybe letting that drop off another and, and kind of playing around with that because of the venue that we went with most of our catering and vendors and all that stuff was able to be kind of contained in house. It left us, you know, we saved money on a lot of other things to put towards that. So it worked out well. And we chose a ceremony site and a reception site that didn't require transportation. So we knew we could take that cost off of our budget. We didn't have to have any kind of transportation for ourselves or guests. And we made some other sacrifices or, you know, things that weren't as important. I didn't need a lot of flowers. So I went with mostly greenery, which is a lot cheaper. And to me, it was still beautiful. I recycled some centerpieces that were given to me by somebody I work with uh, that did a fundraising event. So I was able to get those for free. Find so, the people who have had a wedding and have bought the stuff before. I have like 20 vases at my home that I will never use. There you go. There you hey, go. Willa, Pay it forward. On the DMs. Yeah. No, I, will have to say, <laughs> I will have to say, Jordan, my wedding dress was a bridesmaid's dress. So it costs like $150. The alterations probably cost more than the wedding dress. But yeah, that was my way to like, I didn't need anything fancy. So it is possible, Jordan. It is possible. And Katie my wedding got- dress did cost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is possible, Christina. Katie got really sick of hearing me say, well, my best friend's wife made her wedding dress. Why oh. can't you do that? And she got- <laughs> As her eyes roll. <laughs> yeah, Jordan she- cried when he saw me. Because I was thinking, how much is this going to cost me? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right, Kayla, this question is for you. Jordan and Katie were really lucky about having really great wedding vendors. What are some ways that you can save in individual categories when hiring a vendor? It's a great question. And it's one that I actually didn't consider prior to actually planning my wedding. One of the the recommendations that we honestly just started with is we started with our friends. We found out that there were a lot of untapped or hidden talents within our friends of things that people were willing to do for us in exchange for a gift. 
So for instance, and I can start to list off some of those, we have a close family friend who is a photographer. So she actually offered to do our, our wedding photos and our engagement photos for free as, as her gift, which we thought was incredible. That's way, way more to ask than we ever would have, but she offered. We then had a, a close family friend as well who was a DJ and was willing to use that as his gift for our, our reception and for our wedding. And again, we, we were so happy to take him up on that. We had some other situations too where we had a friend that owned a coffee shop, another friend who had a bakery on the side. And so just utilizing them, even though we paid for their services, they gave us a discount as part of their gift to us. So in any way that we could save money by utilizing the talents of our friends, we absolutely did. Um, and, you know, it doesn't, it depends on your personality, of course. But for us, we didn't mind asking some of our friends that we knew had talents that we could leverage. And like I said, we were willing to pay. We were absolutely willing to pay, but we realized very quickly they were happy to do that for us and they were happy to be a part of our big day. But something else to keep in mind is that if you do have friends that you're leveraging, do have talented friends that you're asking to be a part of that big day, think about that commitment. Thinking about, for instance, our friend who did all of our cake and she also did cupcakes for us. She was able to show up and still enjoy our wedding while she was there because it was all prepared ahead of time. But our friend who was the DJ, he was on and essentially working our entire wedding and reception. So it's really important to think about when you're asking people to do things, consider what kind of commitment that really is and consider letting them know that maybe you do plan to pay them a little bit or you do plan to help to help them throughout the process. The other thing, though, is we still had to pay for some things. It wasn't like we were able to get all of our friends to essentially run our wedding for us. Rather, though, is looking at quotes. Don't just stick with maybe the first thing that you think of. Unless, going back to what has also been mentioned prior to, is unless this is that one priority that's really important to you. If there's a certain venue, again, you prioritize that as much as possible. But if maybe the venue isn't as important to you, it's maybe, hey, I need a larger guest list. It's going to have to be a larger venue, but I don't really care necessarily where it is. Get a few quotes. Look at different venues. Or maybe, again, it's with the flowers or the cake. Maybe you're not super picky. Look at how you can talk to some of those vendors and, and get a sense of what they offer because it's not always about money either. So one of the things with our vendor is we wanted to really look at a place that would fit a, a large amount of people, but we didn't really care where. Well, as you start to look, you're not always comparing apples to apples. We looked at some vendors where the price was all inclusive. It included linens, it included tables and chairs. We looked at other vendors where it was simply just the space. So it's also important to do some research. I know Katie mentioned you guys did a lot of research. Doing research on a lot of those things can actually really help you save a lot of money. That is such an excellent point, especially about tapping your friend's talents for things. I was complaining to my dear friend, Richard, who occasionally does listen to this podcast, so I hope he listens to this. <laughs> I was complaining to him that I didn't want to have to order the cake. Like I was at the point where the planning was pretty much done. It was just like my last kind of like big thing that I had to get done. And I was like, I don't even want to call this place. I'm so sick of talking to people and emailing people. And he was like, oh, I could make a cake. 
And Have I didn't say. Have you ever made a cake before? No. Oh. I, <laughs> I didn't say a word. I just left it alone. And then like a week later, I texted him. and was like, hey, so about the wedding cake. And he was like, all right, I'll do it. And we talked about it. And I like all I wanted was a plain white cake. Like I just wanted a, a very simple wedding cake. And he pulled through the most gorgeous cake. And it was really thoughtful. And it was perfect it's probably more special because it was from your friend it was too. incredible like it was such a, an amazing gift like there was no way for me to be like it was just amazing and it's so much better than receiving a toaster <laughs> <laughs> or an alarm clock <laughs> all right so last question before we go take a break aaron what's a common budgeting mistake that a lot of couples make that you think is easily avoided i think this will be a general theme that we've been speaking about throughout this entire episode so far, but honestly not doing enough research. So if you have the ability and you have enough time during the wedding planning process, really give yourself some time and ability to do proper research. So similar to what Kayla spoke about with looking at different vendors or just thinking about the different options that may be available to you if it doesn't have to be in a certain location or a certain vendor specifically, do a lot of research and do a lot of comparison. I find that far too many people blow their budget with with a wedding because they they really didn't even think that there could have been a different price. They thought all wedding venues were six or seven thousand dollars when maybe one that was half the price could have done. So uh, that's just a huge mistake that that I've seen, and sometimes. You may not have that timing. I know sometimes engagements are short and there's not a whole lot of flexibility there. And that's okay. That may be where you leverage some friends and family to help with your wedding. But by and large, if you have the time, really think about um, how you can leverage different quotes and potentially different, more creative options if you do your research. I know one area as well that could really blow the budget or, or cause some issues is some of those miscellaneous or unforeseen expenses. So for instance, we printed our own wedding invitations. I designed them. I'm no designer, but there's some pretty cool tools out there at the time. So I designed our wedding invitations, printed them off using a, a high-end printer, and it saved us a lot of money, except that I misspelled our best man's name. <laughs> which no. yes and worst of all he was my husband's brother so <laughs> <laughs> when you're running a thousand miles an hour sometimes you just make mistakes like that and we had to reprint every single one of them and I'm so thankful that it didn't cost too much money to reprint them but we had not expected that at all so definitely try to make sure you keep some room in the budget for you know some of those boneheaded mistakes you may make when you're running too fast or you have wedding on the brain. So I have heard in some places that you may want to pad about 3% in your budget for certain things like that. I know when I really look back at it, that was probably about how much we ended up having in miscellaneous expenses and things that we hadn't thought of and just some of those oopsies. We made a bonehead mistake too. Oh, let's hear it. We had our seating chart printed twice and the first one was very expensive and we did not even get to use it. The second one came from fast signs. <laughs> <laughs> so I think everyone's going to have at least one ex expense that comes up from going too fast or making a mistake. So I misspelled everybody's names just as a power move. Um, <laughs> just to remind them who's the boss. Just to remind yeah. them that mm, you know, you're invited, them. but it's not about you. So. You're lucky you made the list. <laughs> 
Well, I think those very high person lists. When those mistakes happen, though, I think, you know, again, it's how can we mitigate the expense, you know, after the fact. So when Katie mentioned we printed our uh, seating chart twice, the first time we found this great designer, I think it was through Etsy or something, but they were based out of Europe. So the first time they sent it to us, they shipped it from Europe. And it got here. That makes it sound way bougier than it was. <laughs> no, it, but, well, it but is. But that's, that's how it came here. And then so we're like, oh, no, we need to make a correction. Let's just place another order. Like, we'll eat the cost, place another order. And then, like, the more we thought about it, like, well, that doesn't make sense. Let's just get the design file from them, and we can print it locally. And no one could tell the difference. And that saved us whatever international shipping fees would have been on a giant, you know, seating chart. Which we should have done from the beginning, but, you know, you get Lessons caught up. Learned. Lessons yep. learned. Lessons <laughs> learned. All right, guys, thank you so much. We're going to pause and take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to do our rapid fire questions. So get ready. Making It Count is sponsored by Addition Financial. When your want to needs a little know-how, turn to the Money Smarts experts at Addition Financial. Just like this podcast, they're committed to empowering our community to make the best financial decisions possible. Count them into your financial journey at additionfi.com. Early insured by the NCUA and an equal housing lender. And welcome back. It's time for our Making It Count Essentials. We're going to give each of you one serious question and one fun question, starting with Katie. All right, Katie, you ready? All right, we're going to do the serious one first. Get this one out of the way. Okay, what is your biggest money-saving tip that you have that you haven't already discussed? You have to go into it willing to make some sacrifices. You might not get everything, and you might not get exactly what you want. So, like, we didn't get a videographer. It just, it was too much. We didn't have the budget for it. So we don't have the wedding video, but being willing to make sacrifices is a big one. All right. So here's the fun question. What part of planning your wedding took you by surprise? Probably just what a control freak it brings out in me as a person (laughs) Um, took me by surprise. But no, it was the uh, additional things that add up uh, in the end. So paying for gifts for your bridesmaids and your groomsmen, the little things like the supplies you'll need for a guest book. And if you want to frame anything, instructions or menus, just the little things like a basket for my flower girl. It was all those little things in the end that really I thought we were done. And we were a couple hundred bucks away from done. Mm. All right, Jordan, now it's your turn for the serious question. How can couples use technology to save on wedding expenses? So there are a lot of apps and websites and tools out there that you can use to make your life easier as well as to accomplish some of the things you need to do more inexpensively. One of the things that we did was there are design tools that you can go in online. You can create your own invitations. Some of them will allow you to actually download the file and print yourself, or you can still order from them and have them shipped to you. There are wedding websites that you can use to help collect RSVPs, which saves on postage. If you you uh, don't, if you're not like sold on having to have the physical invitation go out, you can actually do thank yous electronically as well via email. You can collect email addresses from all your guests when they 
RSVPs. So that's uh, another thing you can do really simply. And then something that was new this time, and I, I can't remember for the life of me what the name of the app is, but there are also photo sharing apps. So you can have all of your guests, you know, it's very trendy right now to do like a wedding hashtag and have people do it that way, but then you've got to hunt them down. There are actually apps where you can give your guests a, like a login essentially, and any photos that they take during the duration of your event get uploaded to a shared space where everyone can view them, see them, download them, whatever. So, you know, if you are uh, trying to save a little bit of money on a professional photographer, maybe that's the way that you go or use that as a supplement to a paid photographer to get even more photos of your special day. Just make sure you turn the sharing off when you're done (laughs) being at the event. Because we did that at our wedding. And or we even had, like a couple hours in. Yeah, maybe. We, we, we had someone who like went to some lavish Vegas vacation right before or right after. And all of their Vegas photos were also oh, part no. of our wedding album. So that was pretty uh, fun to look through. But yeah, there's tons of great tools out there that can help you save money. It's called The Guest. That's the That's one. That's awesome. I'm going to date myself. We had disposable cameras at our each of our oh, tables God. and there was no there was no social media or hashtags or anything. What would your hashtag be now? I don't know. You should think about that. Hashtag in layman's terms. I oh, love that. That's, That's good. good. That's, That's good. really yeah. good. Really good. <laughs> That's the first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jordan. So for your fun question, where did you and Katie go on your honeymoon? All right. So we had a, uh, this was kind of a back and forth thing. So we couldn't travel. We wanted to go somewhere internationally, but that wasn't happening. So we decided to stay kind of low key, simple, in town, little staycation. And I have a connection at a hotel in the area and he was able to get us a very nice employee discount on a suite for our honeymoon. So we got to do the lazy river, the nice, you know, couple nice dinners out, made his trip to the spa. And it was still, you know, probably a little bit on the high end, uh, but it was 50% less than it would have been had (laughs) I not had the connection. So I call that saving money. Welcome to my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kayla, it's your turn. What are some ways that couples can save on catering? That is a great question. And catering seems to be one of the largest costs that I think we were, when we were really researching, we felt like that's, you can go really extravagant or you can go really simple. So three ways, I would say one way is to think about the timing of your wedding. Do you have to have a full dinner spread or can you do like afternoon appetizers? Or I even had a friend that had a morning wedding. So they offered like bagels and bagel bites, which I would imagine was a lot cheaper than, you know, some fancy dinner food. So think about the timing. Maybe you can do be flexible in the time of day and offer something creative. That bagel bite wedding, I will remember the rest of my life. So that's also a bonus there. The second thing is thinking about catering food that you actually maybe enjoy instead of these fancy plates of food. So for our wedding, for instance, we went with barbecue. That's something that we both really enjoyed and it was quite a bit cheaper, maybe even half the cost of a served plate that you might find somewhere else. So think about something like that or burgers. I had friends that did Chinese food, whatever you like. Maybe you can do something like that instead with your food. Let's see, a third way, something I've seen more recently start to pop up is doing kind of like a bring your own or a potluck style food, having people bring different types of food so that you are saving a lot of money, but a lot of times that's really good food, right? 
we have a lot of friends that are great cooks or really good at cooking different things. Um, so that's a, a great way to save money as well. We had to have sweet potato casserole. I don't know why we had to have Was it a Thanksgiving wedding? No, it wasn't. We got married in May. I don't that know. That seems like a very odd May know, dish. Was it, was it like he had to have it or you had to have we it? We both had to have it. You just I don't wanted know. it. We just really, that was, that's like the well, thing we make together at Thanksgiving. So like we just. Oh, no. Know. Okay. That's kind of cute. But barbecue sounds so yummy. I had barbecue oh, at my wedding. Barbecue. I found like this amazing barbecue plate. It was the best. I actually remember the food. I got to eat the food at my wedding. See, that's nice. Yeah. All right, so here's the fun question. We heard where Jordan and Katie got to go on their honeymoon. Where did you get to go on your honeymoon? We actually, we tried to save as much money as we could on the actual wedding itself. So we tried to, quote unquote, I guess, splurge on our honeymoon a little bit. So we're located in the Midwest and we flew to Daytona Beach, Florida. At the time, I actually didn't have a passport. Otherwise, we probably would have gone outside of the United States. And we got a condo on the beach for about a week. One of the ways, though, that we were able to save a little bit of money is we went grocery shopping immediately once we landed off the plane. So we went grocery shopping for breakfast and lunch. And that way we could save a little bit of money. And we also tried some things that I had never tried before, like local mangoes and different things, which was kind of a fun experience. So then at dinner, we would go out and try a new, maybe more extravagant type of dinner location that was local as well. So maybe that didn't save us money overall, because then we felt like we could go anywhere for dinner. But in my mind, I really think we saved money. <laughs> it made you feel good. That's what's important. All right. So last but certainly not least, Aaron, what are some ways that couples can save money on their wedding attire? Yeah. So wedding attire, similar to the food or, or anything else, can definitely be about your personality. So for the bride, you could choose more of an off-the-rack wedding dress. I know that's what I did. It had a corset back, so it didn't need alterations because it could fit multiple different sizes. So that was great. But even a more non-traditional option or potentially a handmade or vintage dress that you can find on maybe a, a handmade marketplace or I've had a few friends that have done the the hand-me-down option from within the family. And that's one of those things that has so much meaning behind it and is relatively inexpensive. There's also from a, a bridesmaid dress option, those can get pretty pricey pretty quickly. If you look to buy those from a non-wedding shop, so really where the price comes into play is because it has a wedding in front of it. But think about where you could buy them that wouldn't be expensive like that. You could think about a department store or some online options as well, where you're not buying a specific bridesmaid dress, but maybe a more formal dress that would also allow some personalities of the bridesmaids. And then lastly, when it comes to the tuxes. So my husband actually went the route of buying suits. So each individual groomsman bought a suit and it was relatively inexpensive and significantly less than renting a tux. And similar to what I was speaking about earlier with customizability, there are so many different options for suits out there, so many different colors and, and fun different styles. So he was able to have a little personality in there as well. And it allowed for a lot more color coordination with the bridesmaids dresses and, and with the style we were going with. So those are all some options that would save money and would allow a little bit of fun and flair to the wedding. Those are some really great points. So for your fun question, what was your favorite thing about your wedding? Yeah, this is probably going to sound cheesy, but when I really think back about my wedding, the most fun that I had there and the most 
memorable part of it was just the fact that I had so many people I love, my friends, my family, people from all across the country, all in one spot. There aren't many opportunities that you get to celebrate something so exciting with so many people. And I just think about some of the conversations we had and and some of the you know fun dances we did and just we had a great time and just thinking about how you got to have that experience with people you love, even on a day that's really just a blip in time, you'll remember it the rest of your life. So it was just, it was a fantastic day, mostly for that reason. That's such a perfect way to wrap this up. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for our second episode of this series, Money Plus Love. Aaron and Kayla from the Frugal Twins, can you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about your blog? Sure, absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much for having us on. We had a great time and you know we're always down for talking about saving money in whatever area of life. And that's really what we focus on with Frugal Twins. So you can find us at frugaltwins.com. We blog a lot about saving money with life, with children, with weddings, with grocery shopping, anything you can think of the ways that we like to save money and like to help others save money. And then we're also Frugal Twins on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest as well. So any social media platform you are interested in, you could follow us there as well. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. And Katie, Jordan, our resident married couple, thank you again for joining us for the second episode. We know we have you for one more episode. Did you make them sleep on the couch yet, Katie? No, not yet. We're still good. We still like each other and we're still on the same page when it comes to finances. So we're good. All right. We'll see about episode three, though. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, I think Katie is going to paint me as the the positive budget minded person that I am. I'm sure she will. Absolutely. All right, Christina, it's time for our favorite segment. What What did did we we learn learn today? today? All right. So my biggest lesson I've been married. This will be our 14th wedding anniversary is this year. So that's very exciting. But I think something that we should have done and I think was great advice is start with your priorities. Like, do you have to have that amazing DJ? Do you need to have a certain venue? I think that is where we should have started. And I thought that was really great advice. Yeah, I think that Same thing kind of along that line. I don't know that I learned it today, but I was kind of reminded of it. And it's really having a priority going into planning. And rather than saying, you know, I need a venue and I need catering and I need this and I need that. It's trying to figure out what do you want the purpose of this to be? I recently listened to a podcast where they were talking about the art of gathering. And that was something they said was like the most memorable, successful weddings always have a a larger purpose than just two people coming together to get married. Like there's a reason for gathering all of these people in one place. I know it's really sweet. That's really sweet. Like keeping that at the center is to me really important. At the end of each episode, we share a resource to help our listeners make it count in their lives. So Will, do you want to share the details? Sure. Today's resource is the principal guide to achieving financial security when settling down. It's got all the information our listeners need to manage their finances as they get married and start families. Our listeners can download it for free from Addition Financial's Resource Center, and we'll include the link in our show notes. Thank you all for listening, and we look forward to meeting you next time on Making Making It It Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. If you learned something new, were inspired to reach your financial goals, or just found us entertaining, please subscribe, share, or rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. 
And don't worry, we'll be back soon with another new episode of Making Making It Count. Count.